Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcaster, Mark Atreer, with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Thank you for your listens again. Welcome back again this week to Sports Sunday. I got a big show for you this week. A lot of the stuff that's going on in the the football world. uh, And I'm going to jump off into that in a minute. But before I do, as always, you know my link is going to be on my Facebook. I'm going to post it on my Instagram uh, that you can find it on my Facebook as well. Those of you who have seen it there, you noticed that. Also, you can go to Spotify and follow me there. Spotify, you can follow me. The Anchor app, which is free as well, or Anchor.fm, all of them are free, and you can go follow and listen to me at any point. And, of course, there's always the Google Podcasts or just about anywhere else that you can get your podcasts. What a crazy week this week has been, this weekend in sports, this weekend in college football. I'm going to just kind of give you a synopsis of what I'm going to talk about today. Listen, I'm going to be hitting on the coaching, the big elephant in the room, the coaching carousel and what it means for LSU. I'm going to be talking about championship week in college football. And also I'm going to be talking about what the college football playoff is going to look like. And I'm probably going to hit that vice versa backwards. Uh, but a couple of things before then too, you listen to, you know, I, I hit up on my, uh, uh, take it to the bank picks yesterday on NFL. And I know on my Sundays, I'm not really talking a lot about the NFL. Uh, and a lot of times it's because when I'm recording, they're playing games, but other than that, like this has been one of those weird seasons, like I've said plenty of times, but it's also, this is the, towards the end of college football right now. And it's the most exciting part of college football towards the end of the season, getting so close with all the drama, everything that's happening, dominoes falling with coaches uh, and vacancies at, at, at universities. And so it's a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm going to be hitting on that. And even before I jump off into that, listen, man, talking about college football, talking about the college football playoff coming up, y'all have heard me talk plenty of times about the FCS having a real playoff system. Uh, Listen, if you're in Louisiana, our boys from Hammond, Southeastern Louisiana football fighting lions from Hammond, America, they're in the playoffs and they won this past weekend against Florida A&M. And then of course they get to play James Madison, which is a third ranked team in the nation. And listen, guess what? Go watch it because it's fun. Support the home team, support the little brother, if you, if you will, Uh, if you're only an LSU fan, but support them because it's the home team. Go watch them if you can. I'm sure it's going to be on ESPN Plus or something like that. may even be on ESPN because they're playing the number three ranked team in the nation. Uh, But look, go and look and see what a real playoff would be, a real bracket would be with all these different teams that are there. It would be huge. I think the guys in, in the FBS, they need to go take a look at this as well. I know they keep trying to turn their heads to it, but listen, it works. You get a real, true national champion, but I know drama sells everything. Drama is what gets you sales. Drama is what gets you clicks and and bait. And it, you, you know, you know, I've, I've said it at nausea and plenty of times before. So I, I don't want to jump off into that. I want to make sure that we get off into our show. Right off the bat, I'm going to talk about the college football playoff picture because a lot of things happen. And one thing that happened when. One of the biggest things that happened was uh, two things, really. Oklahoma getting knocked out by Oklahoma State. Ohio State getting knocked out by Michigan, and Michigan was ranked number five. But let me let me give you let me paint you the picture of what the college football playoff looked like this past week. Of course, number one you had Georgia. Number two you had Ohio State. Number three you had Bama. Four you had Cincinnati. Five you had Michigan. Six you had Notre Dame, and seven you had Oklahoma State. Now, y'all heard me talk about it last week as well, how some of this stuff is crazy. Uh, I can't see Notre Dame being higher than Cincinnati. I I made that case before. 
because Cincinnati beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Uh, but there have been crazier things that have happened. Michigan was ahead of Michigan State, which Michigan State beat Michigan. There were those who were lobbying for Oregon to be over, I mean, Ohio State to be over Oregon after Oregon beat Ohio State at Ohio State. So there's crazy things. So you can still see uh, that Notre Dame could possibly jump Cincinnati or maybe even more teams with that one loss because of the way that the, the schedule and the way that the, uh, the team's records are right now. Uh, when you begin to look at it, when you break it down, Ohio State, I mean, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State only has one loss. Notre Dame only has one loss. Michigan only has one loss. And so, and Bama has one loss, although they almost lost a couple other games. And if you're a Bama fan, I'm not picking on you too hard. I'm just saying this is a little bit different year. You understand what I'm saying? But after those losses yesterday, I'm going to give you what the new bowl projections are going to be. Uh, and not so much what I think they're going to be because, uh, honestly, right now it doesn't matter what I think they're going to be because the college football playoff committee – does really whatever they want to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to find a way to get Ohio State back in here still somehow yet again. I, it wouldn't. It would. It would. I wouldn't put it past them. Let's just say that. But this is this is really what the the playoff projection is going to be for this week. It's, it's possibly going to be different Tuesday when it rolls out. Uh, you know. I. You know. I'm not all about watching that show. I'm just going to catch it on Bleacher Report. Whatever it may be. But. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. And you can buy you can buy into that because where they had them ranked at number five, beating a number two team, you're going to swap them there. Alabama didn't really play their best, right? Number three, they have Cincinnati there because, listen, uh, it's hard to put a group of five team there above an Alabama team, being a blue blood, being everything that Alabama is, the schedule that Bama plays, et cetera, et cetera. But they are undefeated in the way that Bama has been playing uh, this season with the young team that they have. Listen, I'm not making excuses for anybody, but let's be honest. They have a young team there, a, bu- uh, uh, a red shirt freshman at quarterback, a bunch of young guys all the way around. Uh, and so you don't have the depth there. I, I, you have the depth, but you don't have the experience there that you normally would have. And these guys are fighting and doing the thing, right? Uh, everything's going to change this weekend. Don't get me wrong, so stay with me. Uh, but continues to go on. Bam at number four. Oklahoma State at number five and Notre Dame at six. You can see the jump there because Oklahoma State actually plays more ranked teams than Notre Dame does. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put Notre Dame higher. I wouldn't put it past them. So keep a watch out on it and see if it's going to be different. Uh, This is the bowl projections. I wouldn't be surprised. This is probably what I would pick for right now, honestly. Uh, But look, the way that the the, uh, championship week is going to be this week, all this is going to change. It's going to change regardless, one way or another, because first off, you, you got the SEC championship, and I'm jumping off into uh, championship week for you. you. You have the SEC championship where you have the number one and possibly number four teams playing one another. If Bama loses, they're out. So you're going to jump up either Oklahoma State or Notre Dame or maybe another two-loss team. If you're going to put another two-loss team in there, uh, you're going to ha- you're going to have a problem not putting Bama in there as a number uh, with a two-loss team. Let's be honest with it, okay? Are you going to put Ole Miss in there, who they beat? Are you going to put uh, Baylor in there, who doesn't even go to their championship game, which Alabama did back when they beat LSU in the national title? What are you know, what are the options here? What what are what are they going to do here? It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of drama. Somebody's going to get their some some fan bases are going to get their feelings hurt because they're going to get left out because of this playoff system is just dumb. Let's be honest, it's, it's just dumb. But let me jump off into championship week and these games that are going to really affect the college football playoff next week after after these games. 
It's going to change a lot. It's going to affect a lot. I already told you about the SEC championship, and those of you in SEC country, and especially in Louisiana, already know this game with Bama and Georgia. Uh, Georgia is the premier number one team all the way around, and they look the, the part as well. Uh, and many people now, if Bama beats Georgia, listen, Georgia might fall to two or three and Bama might move up from four to two or who knows what it may be. But you have all of these stumbling blocks, all these dominoes that can fall. I probably should have called this week domino, the fall of the domino, whatever it may be, because even what I'm going to talk about in coaches in a minute, it's just crazy. But also Oregon and Utah, that's going to affect some things. It's a big game. It's not going to affect a whole lot. Uh, but what what goes in there? But Baylor and Oklahoma State are playing. I, I just said Baylor wasn't playing in the, <laughs> in the Big 12 championship. I misspoke on there. Forgive me for that. But Baylor and Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State wins this game, do they jump up into the into the college football playoff and do they uh, cement themselves into a position in the college football playoff? If Baylor happens to win, do they get and, and say? Bama loses as well. Does Baylor get the nod with two losses over a Bama team with two losses and the other teams that may have two losses that are kind of close there in the top 10, top 12? Uh, and, and, and the other dominoes could fall as well, too, because when you look at the next game on there, you have Houston and Cincinnati. This is a big game. Cincinnati uh, is kind of solidifying themselves to be in the college football playoff conversation and maybe even have a spot with the way that they played the last couple of weeks, really turning it on. And this week, they're going to be playing Houston. Yes, they're a group of five team, but they're a Houston team that's ranked. Both of these teams are going to be moving to the Big 12 in the next year or so, or the next couple years, depending on how all of that falls out, all those dominoes fall out. But if Cincinnati wins this one against a ranked team, it may solidify them a spot, especially if other teams lose. I mean, Bama's, Bama has an opportunity to fall out. Oklahoma State has an opportunity to fall out. And moving on to the next game, Michigan and Iowa for the Big Ten Championship. This could be something. Listen, this could be a game that is a fall-off for Michigan. They finally got over to hump and beat Ohio State this week. This is what everybody was looking for. Uh, Jim Harbaugh gets to keep his job a little bit longer. Uh, you know, Deacon and I were talking about it. He really was never really on the hot seat. It's different up there in the north than it is down here. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute. That's for sure. Um Deacon and I were talking about that earlier today, too. But Iowa's still a good team, man. They've, they've got upset by a couple teams. And, of course, when they when they were in that number two spot is when they first started getting upset. And look at the teams that have been in the number two spot getting upset this season. Michigan, especially if they get that number two spot, be on lookout for upset alert in the Big Chan. Big Ten Championship game. And if that loses, you're talking about a ton of dominoes falling there. Look, it, it works out even better for a team like Cincinnati to somehow make it into the college football playoff finally. Or you're looking at a, a two-loss te- two team getting in there. Or maybe multiple two-loss teams getting in there. It, it is a crazy season, and I'm excited about it. I, I it, Like I said, you know I don't like the way that the, the current college football playoff uh, is, but it does give us something to kind of just talk about. Gives you something to be excited about. I'm, you know, when the real playoff finally comes, if they don't screw that up like they screwed this up, it's going to be great. But right now, this is exciting, man. I c- I can't even talk about pro football right now because of how this is, right? It's, it just is what it is in a sense. But look at all of the fun that you have in there too, man. Look. Any of these teams lose this weekend, and some of them are going one at least one or two. I mean, especially one. When you look at the SEC game, somebody has to lose that game. 
And it, it has a lot riding on that game. If Bama loses, they're out. Unless other teams lose, and then you have to have a battle of the, the best two-loss team. If Georgia loses, Bama goes up. You know, it's, it's all these crazy things that can happen, and it's so fun to watch. Now that we've talked about that, kind of left you on a cliffhanger. Uh, and I, I, I started off at the beginning telling you what I was going to be talking about. But it's the elephant in the room, and I'm going to talk about it, about the coaching carousel, the dominoes that are falling and going and going to fall, and what it means for LSU, what it means for Scott Woodard going forward, what it means for LSU going forward, what it means for these other programs going forward. Here it is, right? Jumping off into it, I wanted to go over the names that were on the list for LSU that people have been talking about. Doesn't mean that Scott Woodard was there uh, picking these names or saying that these were the guys, but I'm going to go over a list of names that have been out there and uh, and go off of some of these ones that have gotten hired, some of them even today, and I'm probably going to take a moment and pause and go look and see if something else has changed since I started recording because a lot has happened today already. So some of the names has been thrown out there, and I'm, I'm not going to start with the biggest names or anything like that. I'm just going to go with the names the way I had them written down. Uh, Napier out of ULL. That was a name that uh, a lot of people in Louisiana wanted LSU to, to sign. Uh, and, and bring in as a coach because what he's done over there at ULL, he's built a really good program there. Uh, but, of course, he got signed by Florida today. And when you look at the reports, is that even though Napier really wanted to come to LSU, LSU never even reached out to him whatsoever, never offered him a job, never even talked about it. So he's there. A lot of people are upset about that right now because look, when you're looking at it, Florida, uh, you're looking at a guy that you probably could have had. You're hoping that that doesn't come back and bite you in the butt because what he could do over there at Florida. Uh, I think he's a better coach than Mullen was, although Mullen had his things as well uh, that, that made him a good coach uh, and a good a good hire for hire, uh, for Florida at the time. But the, these different names, right? And so uh, moving on from that one, that's, you know, I don't want to just stay on that one forever. But the next big name that, that a lot of people get a lot of buzz off in the last few days, maybe the last week or so, was Lincoln Riley. And uh, Lincoln Riley actually today signed with USC. Uh, right after he came out and said, started a, with a press conference and said, hey, before you ask me any questions, I'm not going to be the head coach at LSU. Uh, I do believe that there's a lot of calls and a lot of talks. I can kind of see that this was almost like a Tom Herman situation where this is the guy that you wanted uh, and you thought you were going to get him and then all of a sudden he decided to go elsewhere. And uh, look, Lincoln Riley going over there to USC, not sticking in Oklahoma, not coming to LSU. Uh, you know, re- regardless if the, the conference realignment happens this next year or a few years, going to USC, he has an opportunity to win the national championship over there sooner and easier. Uh, there's not a whole lot over there that you have to battle with. And California is fertile, fertile recruiting grounds, uh, which it could hurt a lot of the teams like Alabama, Georgia, LSU that have been dipping into the California re- recruiting grounds over there and stealing people away. Uh, yeah, look. It could hurt a little bit recruiting there. You got to make sure that you're putting fences around your state, especially if you're LSU, to make sure you're keeping the guys from from Alabama and now USC. Uh, and so it gives him a greater opportunity because it's not a strong conference. It hadn't been a strong conference since USC was really the powerhouse in that conference. Let's be honest. You had a couple years where Washington was good, a couple years where Oregon was good. Oregon was up there this year, uh, but he immediately makes that conference stronger. Uh, and, and look, I, I said this to Deke earlier today too. I would not be surprised. Eli Ricks, Elijah Ricks, uh, uh, Eli Ricks, 
from LSU, transferring from LSU. He's originally from California. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him over at USC now that that they had their new coach solidified there. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Don't get upset. Guy, although it was funny, the guy said that he was transferring because he got tired of seeing watching the college football playoff from the couch. Uh, I understand what a way to be a competitor, uh, one way or another. We would have rather you stayed here. Mel Tucker was another name. Now, Mel Tucker up in Michigan State uh, signed an extension up there, a big extension with a, with the uh, with a raise, uh, and so he's quote unquote staying up at up at Michigan State. Which, if he does stay, could be good for him because winning up there is not as prevalent as it is down here in the South with football. It's just not. And, I, and I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. Like, I, I almost forgot to talk about it. But the, you don't have this high-pressure sit, situation to win up there. I mean, D'Antonio was up there forever, man. Now, he had a couple of good seasons, had quite a few good seasons, and, and was has a really good record at uh, Michigan State. But when you look at it... Um, you know, he was in the college football playoff once since it's been there. Uh, before then, he wasn't even in the talks for the national title. It, it, I mean, that's how it is up there. Unless you're Ohio State, there's no big push for it. Even at Michigan, it's not a big push, a big pressure job for you there to where you have to succeed. So it could be that. But I'll also say this, and y'all have heard me say this before too, uh, with Mel Tucker. He accepted a big contract when he turned Colorado around over there. He accepted a big contract at Colorado and then right afterwards left to go to Michigan State. So I wouldn't be surprised if LSU or another team plucks him away from Michigan State. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just keep a watch out. It could still happen, especially if you have some of these ADs are scrambling now that their guys are gone. Woodard might be scrambling now. I'm kind of hoping he's not. Kind of hoping he knows who he's got. Dave Aranda over there at uh, at Baylor, you know, his time as a defense coordinator here at LSU. Uh did a good job there for a long time, a defense coordinator up at Wisconsin, but he's a, he's a West Coast guy. He was linked to the USC job, also to the Washington job, uh, but most of the talks was that he's going to stay at Baylor. Uh, but you know what? Money talks. Could LSU or one of these other big programs go and steal him away from Baylor right now? Baylor is not a rig, real big blue blood team, although they have the opportunity to become that now in the Big 12 because the Big 12 is a different uh, conference now. And let's be honest, they're bigger they're a bigger. They might not be a bigger brand, but they're a bigger team and more successful than Texas has been since Mac Brown has left. Even with the Title IX situation, they've been better. Once Matt Rule got there and turned that that situation around, they've been so much better than Texas all the way around. It's been it's been a remarkable turnaround, and Dave Aranda's just continued to go do build it there. So it's been huge. The name here, Jimbo. Jimbo Fisher, y'all know I've said this many times. Uh, I've talked about it, uh, honestly, at nauseum. Do not want Jimbo, and I'll go ahead and bring this out. I said it last night, and I put it in one of the recruiting, in one of the LSU boards, uh, talking boards last night. Like, do people still want Jimbo Fisher at LSU now that he lost to LSU last night? You're talking about a team that was, uh, you know, on the verge of having its first losing season since 1999. The coach is out the door. He's not even going to coach the bowl game. That was his last game. Yes, but you still lost to this lowly team that had that's filled with a ton of backups with people transferring and people, quote-unquote, air quotes, injured, right? You lost to that team. But let's go back before then, too. What has he done at A&M? Now, last year he had a pretty good record, right, in the COVID year. 
year before that, I think he had a decent record too, 19. Uh, but yeah, 19 was LSU's year. <laughs> it is what it is. This year, all he did was beat Bama. Like, yay, good. You were so focused on beating Bama, but you lost four other games. Four games that you absolutely are not supposed to lose being as high paid and it is the fertile recruiting grounds of Texas over there. And being in the SEC, you shouldn't lose those games to Arkansas, LSU, uh, Mississippi State. Those are games that you're not supposed to lose, right? But they beat Bama. Let's go back a little bit further. What did he do at Florida State? Because this is the thing. He's proven he's won a national title. Let's take a deeper dive into that for just a moment because when you look at it, he was there in the ACC before Clemson was good. So the only quote-unquote powerhouse in the ACC at that time is Florida State. And if you want to do some research, Florida State had the opportunity to come to the SEC back in the day when they were doing the expansion. But they were like, no, we don't want to because we don't see a chance of winning a national title there. We have a better opportunity to win it here in the lowly ACC. Dead honest, that's what happened, okay? Now, you get them, they're the only powerhouse, quote-unquote powerhouse, in the ACC and still a lowly conference where they have a fast track to the national title. All they have to do is win the easy conference like Clemson did every year after that, right? Right? You following with me? So you go there, you you back your way into the national title on a, in a weak conference, and then you get to go in there against an Auburn team who has a cornerback playing quarterback with a Gus Malzahn offense, right? And when you watch that game, let me let before I even say talk about the game, you have an Auburn team, all my Auburn family and stuff like that. Don't be mad at me because let's be honest, you know this is truth. They shouldn't have even been in that national title game. It took a goofball play uh, which was one of the greatest plays of all of college football history. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not debating it. That was one of my favorite things to ever watch was the kick six, right? It was one of the greatest plays. But you're that one play away from Bama being a national title and absolutely embarrassing Jimbo Fisher and him never getting a national title, right? Okay? And he never would have got the contract at A&M for that, what it was, 100 million, whatever it was at that point, right? And then you go to the game. And I told you just a second ago where you had uh, a cornerback playing quarterback. That's right, a DB playing quarterback there for Auburn that year. And they, I mean, everything was stars were aligned for that season, right? They actually had the game won, too. And then Gus Malazan gusses it all up and lets the game go and gives the game back away to Florida State. If you're a Florida State fan, you know this is true. You know, and especially if you're a college football fan and you watch more than Florida State, you know that you've watched enough to know that Gus Malzahn gave that game away just like he's done plenty of other times. That was the reason why he's coaching UCF now and not Auburn anymore. Not because he couldn't beat Bama. It was because of the way he kept losing games after he hadn't won. If you're an LSU fan, you know that's true as well because how many games did Auburn have LSU beat and LSU come back and beat him because Gus Malzahn gusted all up? This is true. You know it's true. You can't dispute facts here. It is what it is. And then, I, I, you said you heard me say it before, you, you're having to pay $17 million to buy out Coach O's contract, right? Then you have to go on over there and buy out the contract for what's owed back over to, to Jimbo Fisher. Why in the world would you want a guy that really hasn't proven himself and then you have to spend all of this money? I have no idea why so many people are saying that Scott Woodard has favored him from the beginning. It makes no sense to me. Other than that they're friends, it makes no sense. If you're looking for a big-time splash higher here, I don't see how this is your guy. It just doesn't make any sense. And if you need to rewind it a little bit and get a real explanation of why and the truth of why I don't think he should be here, that's the reason why. 
It doesn't make any sense. Matt Campbell is another name that's on the list, and he's recently been on the radar. It hasn't been there for a little while. Many people don't know who Matt Campbell is. Matt Campbell is the head coach right now of Iowa State, Lolio, Iowa State. And many people didn't even know they're in the Big 12, right? Well, what Matt Campbell has actually done there in the Big 12 is made Iowa State an actual force to be reckoned with. This is a team that's never been great. They've never had sustaining winning seasons in their history. And what he's done there has been remarkable, to say the least. Now, they were overhyped this year. Uh, they lost games that you know people said that they shouldn't have lost. Last year, they lost to ULL. Uh, you, you have those different things. But it is a big coaching name. I think his, this is one of the guys that was on if you didn't get whoever your guy was, right? Moving on to uh, Cristobal over there at, at Oregon. If I'm not mistaken... I don't know if Scott Woodard has something to do with him being hired up there or not. I don't remember. I don't, I'm not chasing that rabbit. But he's done a good job up there at Oregon turning that 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 program around as well. There hasn't been much talk about him moving down to LSU or him moving to, to Washington. Maybe he stays put there. Uh, so, I mean, you have these different things. Also, if you're going to throw it out there, if you're saying that you're going for the big splash, some of the people are hoping and wishing for you know, $100 million or $100 million contract is what what's being spoken upon about what we're going to spend to get a coach. I don't know if even Saban could turn that away, right? Yep, it is what it is, right? I don't believe Saban's coming here, but it's wishful thinking. I think if you want to throw it out there and fantasize a little bit, go ahead and do it because right now everybody's in the dark. I can tell you this one thing, these two things, let's be honest. I don't know who it's going to be, but you got a, a, a before I say that, you got a lot of coaching dominoes that are happening right now. A lot of them, uh, which is, it's really crazy when you begin to look at them. Of course, now I, I, I talked to you last week, TCU, uh, let go of Gary Patterson after years there, did a great job there. They get a, they got a smart hire, hiring the guy from SMU who has really turned that program around, which they've been better since he's been there since, uh, back before the death penalty, way back in their heyday at, 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 at SMU, uh, Virginia Tech still has an opening. We have an opening right now. Oklahoma has an opening. The funny thing about it is that now that Oklahoma has lost out on uh, Lincoln Riley, which the funny part about that, I forgot to hit on that. LSU did offer money. Oklahoma matched that money. And then USC came out and said, hey, we want to give you the job over here. <laughs> really funny the way that it works out, right? Um, but now that Lincoln Riley is gone from Oklahoma, the reports are saying that the Arizona Cardinals coach, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury uh, is the one that they're targeting now. I don't, if, if I'm Kingsbury, I really don't understand that move. And the reason why I say that is because right now, uh, honestly, you're a couple of injuries away from having the best team in the NFL. If you haven't watched it, I don't, I don't, I think this is extremely wishful thinking to be able to get a guy who's doing, is all of a sudden extremely successful this year in the NFL and think you can pull him away to come to Oklahoma where it's not that easy to recruit. Let's be honest, you're just recruiting some of Oklahoma and Texas. It's, it's, it's just different. I, I, I think that's wishful thinking. Now these other, these, these dominoes, you got to look at a couple of things. Uh, Hypo up there at Tennessee. Me and Deke were talking about it earlier. You know, he's an Oklahoma guy. Could they reach out to him and steal him away from Tennessee now that Tennessee is doing good? And Hypo is an amazing coach now. Is you talking about a guy who reinvented his career? Uh, he was unsuccessful, came back out, learned things from other people, and look how great he is now. He's an amazing coach. Look what he did at UCF after Frost left. 
He kept them going. And then look what he did up at Tennessee. In one year, what he was able to turn around from Pruitt and all of the other coaches, good grief, what he was able to do is amazing. I told Deke I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be upset if we, if we reached out to and tried to pull him away here as well. That would be a good fit down here at LSU, let's be honest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset about that. Uh, I, the, so you got all these other dominoes. Now that Lincoln Riley's out of Oklahoma, you got somebody that are going to have to pull there. Do they pull another college football coach from another team? Uh, if one of these other guys move from somewhere, you have other dominoes that are going to fall. Other big names are going to fall. And if you're LSU, are you kind of scrambling now? Because did you lose out on your guy like you did the last time? Are you going to be settling for somebody else after all, making all of this big scene? Kind of honestly shooting yourself in the foot. And I've said this before, shooting yourself in the foot by announcing the fire and the coach O in the middle of the season right after they come off their biggest win in the season, which was stupid. And you just, after that, it was immediately transfers out everywhere, left and right, and uh, in quote unquote, air quote, injuries left and right, and people weren't going to play, right, anymore in the season. Right after that win, you announced that, and then you saw what the rest of the season was. And only a couple of times, Bama, and then last night, you saw them really play football. Uh, for, for four quarters, and you had all these backup players that were just young and backup players that were shining. Are you scrambling now, Scott Woodard, because your guy is gone in Lincoln Riley? Are you scrambling because your guy was Mel Tucker and he signed somewhere else? Or are you scrambling because Jimbo Fisher is adamantly saying he's not coming to LSU because he has the greatest recruiting class that he's ever had at AM? Are you scrambling? And what is what is your what is what you're gonna do now? Let me tell you this. And Deke and I were talking about this earlier today. LSU is one of those situations, man. It's kind of a it, it is LSU in itself sells itself. It's a prestigious uh, university and football team in the SEC. Won multiple national championships. It sells itself, and it is a great program to go and coach and win national champions at championships at. But what it also isn't is an attractive job for coaches. What, what are you talking about? Yes it, yes, it is. No, it's not. The reason why it's not is because of the high-pressure situation. Now, I talked to you a few minutes ago about the not-high-pressure situations that Mel Tucker and Jim Harbaugh are having up there in the Big Ten in Michigan and Michigan State, right? This is true. They don't necessarily have to win to keep their jobs and get big contracts. They don't have to continuously win over and over. At LSU, you do. You do. LSU, you do. Look at it, man. What other program are you going to have to where you have successful coaches get fired? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not disagreeing with moving on from Coach O if you have a better option, okay? You're talking about two years being removed from a national title, okay? Uh, Do you want to be like Auburn after they lost, uh, after they they won a national title in two years, they got rid of Gene Chizik, and then you were kind of just trying to fumble around and figure out what you're going to do after that, and you really hadn't been the same? You had the one year that we just talked about a minute ago, uh, and you still hadn't been the same since then, and you're only another coach now. Do you want to be that route? Uh, you know, it's it's not one that is attractive to coaches, and that's the reason why. Did I agree that it was time for less miles to go? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I mean, all of the stuff outside of football for both of these guys. Yeah, I mean, whatever your opinions may be, but you can't look at any other program that has coaches that are successful that get fired. And so what you've created is a program that should be the top one, one of the top two or top five total 
in all of college football if a vacancy is there for any college football coach to go to. But right now, what have you had? The last time when Miles was kicked out, you couldn't get the guy you wanted in Tom Herman. Thankfully, we didn't. We got the right guy in Coach O there, right? Tom Herman didn't do anything. Coach O won a national title. Uh, Tom Herman is now fired as well as <laughs> without a national title. I mean, you you're, you're created a situation to where these guys are afraid to come in because of the high-pressure situation that you put them in. If they don't succeed immediately, and if they don't succeed after winning a national title immediately, you're going to get rid of them. It's just, it, it is what it is. You've created that. And listen, it, it goes all the way to the boosters. It goes to the guys that are up there that are shelling out the money. The guys that wanted Jimbo Fisher before when he went to A&M and he didn't come here. You know, they're, they're still wishing on that well. Uh, the guy, the, the fan base right now that is so upside down and so wishy-washy. Yes, I'm calling y'all out, you bunch of sissies. I mean, the moment that you have any kind of losses, you want everybody out. You want the whole thing. I know you want Joe Brady. Listen, Joe Brady's not going to be a head coach at LSU. Give it up, dude. You got a better chance of getting Nick Saban. And if he does, I'll, I'll eat crow. But let's be honest, man. The guy hasn't proven himself to be a head coach. He had to have Coach E there to be able to be successful for offensive coordinator. He wasn't even a quarterback's coach. He was a receiver's coach. Many of y'all don't even know the facts. You just know the name, right? He hasn't been lighting up as offensive coordinator over there at Carolina, regardless if they have a quarterback or don't have a quarterback, or when they are fully healthy over there. He hadn't exactly been lighting it up. This is not a This is a fan base, and also the boosters and these guys that had throw their money out there that they they so badly want to be Saban, they want to be Alabama. That they can't listen. The only team I was talking to somebody else yesterday. The only team that's done close to building what Bama has done, and it's this year. It's taken them this long to be able to do it. Is Georgia? Georgia was close to it when they lost to Alabama in the national title a few years back. Uh, but what they've been able to do and sustain since Kirby Smart has been there, all these recruiting classes, the top five, top three, top two recruiting classes, over and over and over and over. It's got them to the spot that right now they're number one team in the nation. They're favored to win the national title, and they're favored to do it for a while now. It's taken them a long time to do it. They're the only ones that's been able to do it and sustain it. They're not losing all of their players to the NFL like LSU did after they did it, right? None of these guys, this, this fan base at LSU, man, look, y'all got y'all to be able to learn how to take the losses with the wins because it doesn't matter if you bring in Saban. And some of y'all are too young to understand or, under, or, or know or didn't really follow college football and LSU football until after LSU was successful and had a big name out there uh, because they were pretty horrible in the Donardo days. And Saban came along, and it was a long – look, he, did, he didn't beat Auburn at Auburn at any time of his career at LSU. He just didn't do it. He's always struggled against Auburn. You're also talking about a guy that lost to UAB. This was a guy that got hounded while he was there, got hounded after he won a national title, didn't win it the next year. This is a fan base that hounded and, and really was a small part. Don't get me wrong. He wanted to go to the NFL and see if he could be there. It was a small part of the reason why the greatest college football coach of all time left LSU. Small part of it. Small part. And at the same time, man, you just kept that on. You just kept it on. You kept pouring it on. And now look where we're at right now. You have a top five uh, coaching vacancy, and you can't get the guys that you want. You're going to settle on somebody because you can't be satisfied whatsoever, and it's a high-pressure situation that is not attractive to coaches. 
the big coaching names are not attracted to it. It, it is what it is. The only person that was really attracted to it is now the coach at Florida. <laughs> you, you messed that up. I hope that doesn't bite you in the butt. So anyway, that's uh, you know I'm just rambling a little bit here, but you know I'm talking the truth here. You know that I'm talking the truth. You have to get past yourself if you believe otherwise in it. But everything I said tonight was true. That what a fun time in college football. It is an amazing time in college football. All of the dominoes, the coaching carousel, the college football playoff, championship week, it's all huge. I, I, I mean, honestly, I can't even talk about NFL or anything else right now. I've taken up 35 minutes of your time right now just talking college football because of how exciting it is right now. But, so, that's Sports Sunday. I know it was just mostly college football, but it's Sports Sunday this week. I'm going to be hitting you back again next week, uh, you know, the Lord willing, and, uh, you know, you could always, my, my link is always going to be on the Facebook, my Facebook, and it's also going to be on my Instagram. I'm going to put information on there where you can go get it. But also, you can go directly to Spotify. You can follow me there, the Anchor app, and anchor.fm, or really anywhere that you can get your, your sports podcast. I'm there. Uh, go and follow me. Go share me to anybody else's sports fans. I appreciate it a whole lot. And listen, next time, Next week, we're going to be jumping off of maybe something else. Who knows? It's going to be another crazy week next weekend, too. Go and listen to my uh, Take It to Bank picks from yesterday. I had a special guest picker with me, somebody really special to me. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Thanks, bud, for, for being a special guest picker with me. Hey, and again, this is Mark Cotrera with Making a Cut. See you all next week. Mm-hmm.